Welcome back, everybody. You have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing of South Florida. And we are uh, two weeks from the 2021 NFL draft, and it can't get here soon enough. I can tell you that. We uh, we are ready, and everybody else is ready, and uh, it, it's just that time of year. Um you're, you're, you're just prepared to see who uh, the Steelers are going to draft. You, you want to see if you were even close to being right on any of these. Uh, and, of course, the Steelers love nothing more than to prove all of us incredibly wrong. Uh, joining me tonight are uh, Ben and Ian. And, uh, gentlemen, I hope that uh, you are well. And the most important question I have for you this evening is, of course, what are you drinking? Uh, ben, you were telling us about a new, uh, new bourbon uh, whiskey, rather, you're uh, doing? Yeah, um, it's called Quiet Man. Quiet Man, and it does not open with a uh, crack like that. That would be nope. a beer. That would be a beer uh, to go with yes. the whiskey. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's Irish whiskey, and it's it's quite tasty. Uh, if if you, uh, I got it as a gift on my birthday, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. the night that I I apparently drunk dialed into the podcast. I did. Oh, that's I was right. I remember in on that. Purpose. Mm-hmm. I was dialing in on purpose, but I had mm-hmm. a bad connection, so I, you guys couldn't hear me. Right. So I hung up. Um, anyway, yeah, it's a traditional Irish whiskey, but then they, they age it in bourbon barrels, and it's it's quite tasty. I, I got to nice. say, I'd never heard of this before, and it's really nice. Okay. All right. I, well, uh, quiet I, man I, fits your demeanor so well. Absolutely. It does. Yes. It does. Subdued, shy, yep. unassuming. Two things. Quiet. That- I mean, like peanut butter and jelly, two things that just Absolutely. go together. Especially when I drink. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ian, what are you uh, enjoying this evening? I'm drinking the uh, Jameson that's aged in stout casks, and it oh, is nice. amazing. It is terrific, terrific. It, you know, the, the, you just can't go wrong with a little Jamie's uh, pretty much any way that it's served. Um, I, my, I got chastised before I came down to the podcast room. Uh, my wife saw that I was uh, uh, tipping three fingers of uh, Bradshaw bourbon again, and uh, she immediately got upset because she bought me a number of different uh, whiskeys for for Christmas. And she, she's she's like, oh, oh, yeah, I, blah, 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 blah. you know, I did all this, and I uh, I got you these, and I got you these, and I I see where I rank, and I I said, well, I I drank like several of those. I have a couple left, and I said, I've just it's really Steelers this. podcast night. Well, though. that she she knows she knows she she she, she is the classic ball buster, and that's what she was oh, doing okay. to me. So okay. cool, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's good. You deserve yeah. it. Uh, well, this is also true. Uh, guys, a uh, couple of bits of news today, um, and two things I think we were all very pleased with. Uh, the Steelers announced that uh, they had uh, re-signed Josh Dobbs to a one-year deal. And, Yay! Um, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, yeah, I, I'm not going to say anything. I'll just let you guys. Ben, why is that a good thing? Because we've mentioned it on the podcast several times, but just, yeah, why is it a good thing for Dobbs well, coming back? A couple of reasons. Number one, um, it, it basically solidifies the quarterback depth chart, and they don't have a need going into mm-hmm. the draft. That doesn't necessarily mean that they won't take a quarterback, mm-hmm. but they probably won't now. Um, now, if something falls into their lap that they just didn't expect, and you know, they don't have a choice, I would expect yeah. them to do it anyway. That's the first reason. So it gives us a better idea about where they might go in the draft, and and. You know, again, it solidifies that that position. Um, they've also got a young prospect on the depth chart already, who was a first round pick last year, and Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. So I don't expect them to take a quarterback at this point. I think they want to see what they can do with those guys and and see what happens with this depth chart as is. The second thing that this is the bigger thing is uh, ever since Dobbs came back from Jacksonville, as soon as Ben Roethlisberger comes off the field. The first person he goes to see is Josh mm-hmm. Dobbs. And the reason he's doing so is to to get Dobbs' perspective on what he saw during that series. And then the two of them sit down with the Microsoft Surface and they kind of go through mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. overhead, the aerials. Here's what I saw here, da 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 da. You know, and, and then Roethlisberger can reprocess all those plays and then go back out on the field again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically, Dobbs is acting as Ben's second set of eyes on game day, which is a nice thing to have. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I'm pleased all the way around. 
Same here. Um, Ian, I'll, I'll let you comment on that and then also go ahead and comment on the return of uh, Vince Williams today as well. Yes. So like Ben said, Dobbs is Ben's often said, if you could take Josh Dobbs's brain and put it in Mason Rudolph's body, you'd have <laughs> close to a complete quarterback. Um, and, and Dobbs is arguably what a one of the dickish s- thing to say. I can't believe I would say that. I can. Um, <laughs> Dobbs is, you know, a, a rocket scientist. I mean, he literally has a degree in rocket science. Yes. So, I mean, yes. reading defenses, you know, understanding the the mental aspect of playing quarterback he has that absolutely down um he just doesn't necessarily have all the physical traits together to be you know a successful nfl quarterback so that being said it's it's great to have a guy like that on the sidelines i mean i think he'd make a fantastic coach someday if he wanted to stay in football and not pursue a career in rocket science um to (laughs) you know be able to to coach up guys and he's basically doing that with ben and and ben's play i think has been is better with Dobbs on the sideline than it was without Dobbs. So I, I think it's a, a great thing. Ben overall seems to think team. so. I mean, Ben seems to think there's value in, in going oh, to Dobbs. So, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I also think that it's, you know, it pr- pretty much takes the need for a quarterback completely off the draft board, unless you're able to trade up for a guy like Justin Fields. Oh. Um, and then you have Don't get me excited. quarterback set <laughs> as well. Um, but that being said, the one thing I was thinking about today was, I mean, they re-signed Dobbs to a one-year deal. They have Dwayne Haskins on a mm-hmm. one-year deal mm-hmm. with, a, you know, they can tender him for next year. And Rudolph's in the last year of his contract. I mean, are we keeping four quarterbacks on the roster this year? Or is uh... one of these guys going to be the odd man out? Because I remember a couple of years ago, we were all convinced that Landry Jones was going to make the team. And then he was a kind of surprise cut at the end. I mean, mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. is Mason Rudolph the odd guy out here? Wouldn't hurt my feelings. Oh, did I say that out loud? That was my outside voice. Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, let, let me take it even a stretch farther. Um, is there any possible way somebody trades for Mason Rudolph? I You'd have to get a deal done in the next two weeks because a team isn't going to trade a no, 2022 draft yeah, pick exactly. for a player that they're, they're not going to have in 2022. I mean, if, it, if they trade Mason Rudolph, it'll be in August. Before that, the end of what camp, I was, they, like a they team would, that needs yeah, a QB. A team that needs a quarterback yeah. due to injury. Yep. And Mason decides he needs a fresh start somewhere else. He's still playing on a, on a cheap rookie contract. You know. Yeah. And that's, that's all you're going to get is a sixth. Maybe maybe a conditional if, uh, five. Maybe a conditional five if, if – uh, if Mason goes there and performs at a certain level mm-hmm. and, and actually plays. Um, but all you're going to get is a six and that's that at least you get something. Um, but you know, yeah, I, if that happens when teams give up on players, basically what they seem to get back is a six round pick, unless you're the Carolina Panthers and you're willing to give up the farm for Sam Darnold. (laughs) Which is I still I still can't I don't understand that you still seem perplexed. I I see I can see giving up a second round pick next year for him, but not everything they gave up to get him mm-hmm. this year. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. Anyway, it is what it, it is. is. Generally right. speaking, the currency. Yeah, generally speaking, the currency for players that teams have given upon is a sixth round pick, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's what you're going to see. It's unfortunate that. Uh, Marcus Mariota decided to stay in Oakland because Mike Mayock, the downside of hiring a guy who is in the media to be your GM is that his prospect rankings are out there on the internet for everyone to see. And if you go back and look at Mike Mayock's 2018 draft rankings, not only did he have Sam Darnold ranked as his number one quarterback, but he had tied for fifth Lamar Jackson and Mason Rudolph. So... (laughs) Yeah, Mayock liked Rudolph. Mayock uh, liked Rudolph. Yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, if you wanted a trade partner, yeah. that would have been a good one. But Oakland's not going to trade for a third quarterback since they have both Derek Carr and right. uh, Mary. Right. Uh, Ian, what what about Vince Williams coming back? I, I you made a good comment in our our chat room today, just about hmm, why why not? Uh, yeah, try to restructure or something. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little surprised he came back. I'm so glad he's back. First off, let me yeah, say I'm yeah. thrilled to have him back. He's a, a a great leader in the locker room. He's, um, you know, got the experience. He knows the defense. Even if he's only a two down player at this point, he can he will do anything asked of him. He may not, you know, have the athleticism or speed to run with guys, but he'll go out there and give it 110 percent for sure. Can. Um, you know, he's a consummate team player, and he definitely. I mean, he even said he he wanted to stay in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm a little surprised. We talked on the show a while back about just the the pride aspect of it. That if a team cuts you, you know, you probably you know going back to them kind of with your tail between your legs and saying Mm -hmm. okay i'll take less money to stay here is is usually a little surprising um and and since he was in the last year of his deal and they were going to have to eat the dead money on the cap anyways if they wanted to keep him i was a little surprised they didn't offer him either a pay cut or some kind of fake extension to stretch that money out um rather than just straight up cutting him like they did now Mm -hmm. the other side of it is they may have cut him with the notion of hey you know we like you as a player and a person uh we can't afford to pay you this much we don't think you're worth this much this year why don't you go out on the market see what you can get here's what we're willing to pay you this year and if you can't find something you like you can come back to us and we'll pay you this much um you know that at least gave vince the chance to shop around rather than just offering him a straight pay cut um so I mean I don't know I don't have any inside information on behind closed doors but usually when you cut a player um, I mean sometimes yeah. you get the yeah. Steven Nelson effect where they burn the bridges on the way out and I mean, that dude still isn't signed <laughs> no um, he's not so who knows what's going to happen there yeah Ben did you see the numbers on Vince's thing is it just a one year or I, I didn't see it I haven't seen they anything said on one it. year deal yeah yeah I, I I read one year deal but I haven't seen terms okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's exactly what Ian just described. Basically it's, Hey, we're not willing to pay you this much money, you know, whatever the reasons were, maybe they were nice about it and said, Hey, we think, you know, we don't feel like we want to invest this much into this position this year, um, in terms of total dollars. And, you know, it's just, you got caught in a cap game here, Yeah, you know, and it happens. we're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to release you. If you want, um, go out in the market and see what you can see and see what your value is, you know, and and then come back to us. And and here's what, yeah, like like Ian said, I mean, basically it's like, hey, we we'd like to make an offer later if you don't find something attractive. Um, and then they probably made an offer in the interim, and he marinated over it. Apparently, he had yeah. multiple offers, but he really wanted to come back to Pittsburgh, and and he's, you know, he's talked about it for years. He's got enough money. He he's made more than he expected to. Oh my god, big time! So he's big time. You know he yeah he's done okay. Uh, I was I was surprised to learn that he bought himself a Lamborghini. Oh oh, I didn't know that. Uh, apparently about a year ago. Um, that surprised me because he's often talked about the fact that you need to save your money, right? Um, and and cars do not tend to appreciate. So I don't understand why he did that, but apparently he did. Um, But beyond that, I mean, this is a guy who, uh, you know, took full advantage of his opportunity. Again, just to remind the listeners, he was a compensatory sixth round pick came into the league, basically a seventh round pick. Didn't Mm -hmm. know if he was going to make the team, went to rookie camp, went to the mini camps, went to all the camps over the, over the, you know, the course of the season did as much work as he possibly could with the coaches studied his ass off when he was leaving Pittsburgh. They told him he couldn't take his playbook with him because they didn't know if he was going to make the team. He mm-hmm. stole it. <laughs> That's right. He stole his playbook <laughs> so he could take it that. home and study it between the end of the mini camps and camp. And by the time he got into camp, he knew the defense pretty well mm-hmm. and eventually ended up having to start games due to injury his rookie season. And really has made the most of his opportunity in the NFL. And this, you know, I've I've tweeted about this a handful of times on Twitter, obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. basically, the guys last year, I know Cam Hayward will disagree with me and I wish we could talk to him about it, but he he basically has said something to the effect of don't worry don't don't let them fear you into showing up you don't have to show up you're not going to miss anything if you're a young guy or an undrafted free agent yes you will 
Okay. A guy mm-hmm. like Vince Williams proves that notion to be false. Yeah. That I guy agree. worked his ass off all summer to try and make that team. And by the time camp rolled around, he was prepared and he made the team. And then he made a difference as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These guys he, he, are not getting – last year they did not get a fair shot. They did not get a fair shake. Tyler Simmons, the wide receiver that, that Colbert signed at the Georgia Pro Day. Yeah. This year he will get a fair shake if if they're able to have mini camps, if they're able to bring those guys in. And they're not even sure if they can yet because they're not sure if they've got their arms wrapped around this virus completely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, getting those guys in and getting them exposure to the scheme and to the coaching – and to what the coaches expect early gives those guys a big advantage in making this team. Yeah, I I agree. And I I'm thrilled with Vince Williams being back and, and, you know, whether or not he is uh, a depth guy, doesn't matter. I I, I'm just grateful to have him back for right now. And and we'll see how things uh, kind of unfold as uh, the spring and the summer roll on, but uh, he's, he's back. And, and uh, I, I think it's a good thing. Um, Ian, I want to turn to the defensive side of the ball, uh, or at least stay on the defensive side of the ball since we're talking Vince, but um, guys in the draft coming up, and and we we were talking before we started recording that this is just a really, really poor uh, defensive line draft, and and so we don't really plan to spend a lot of time there, so that's where we're going to start. Ian, really poor defensive draft in general it, it is i didn't want to uh, be i wouldn't say corners that bad come on there's a few good spots but depth wise it's it's not real good uh i don't i don't think but anyway look look at the defensive line ian um we're we're not i mean the the, the number one guy on nearly every board from that position is christian barmore from alabama uh um, yes you know big big dude six five three ten uh, I, it, okay if he falls to 24, do you take him? No. I, yeah, I don't think so either. No, we, if he, no. no, we, we, no. we don't have a need there. I mean, we brought Tyson right. Alulu back, and right. that pretty much solidifies the depth chart. Alulu. Okay, yeah, thank you. Phonetics. Uh, so, hey, Mr. I just said the way, the way Mr. Tyson Hooked says on it. phonics there. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Pedantic. My children are pedantic enough. Welcome. That, yes. Welcome. So... Nevertheless, we, we don't really have a need for a starter. That said, if Barmore is there as really the only first-round defensive tackle much. in the draft, if there's someone that wants him, you could probably shop that pick decently well to to somebody looking mm-hmm. to get ahead of, um, you know, you've got Jacksonville right behind us and then Baltimore – um, who's had some turnover on the line, Cleveland, who needs some interior defensive linemen. So you you might be able to shop that pick around a little bit and see what you can get and trade down for it if Barmore's still there. Um, I think he's probably going to go top 20 just because of the yeah. fact he's the only one and mm-hmm. the drop-off after him is significant. Um, and... And it's crazy to think just, you know, how a draft class changes from year to year. Yeah. I mean, last year there was, what, five or six defensive tackles taken in the in the first round plus of mm-hmm. the draft? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was two years ago. That might have been two years ago. Last year I think there was only two or three. But, I mean, yeah. last year there was Still. Derek Brown. There was Javon Kinlaw. Um, yeah, there was only two in the first round, but there was it was the year before there was a whole bunch. But still, nevertheless, I mean, the last couple of years there have been some, and both of those guys I named from last year are head and shoulders better than Barmore is this year. Yeah, so it's you know this is a really down class. Um, the guy I kind of liked was Milton Williams from Louisiana Tech, but he just blew it up at his pro day, and now it's probably going to go on day two just mm-hmm. because there's no there's no other depth on the defensive yep. line. Um, you know, the, the kid from Ohio state had a pretty good pro day, but I mean, he's maybe a, a high fourth round player at best. Same with the kid from, uh, that's, uh, Tommy Togagi from Ohio state. And then mm-hmm. Osa, I can't pronounce his, his last name from UCLA is probably another like early day three guy. Oh, dig um, his. <laughs> I don't know, man. I know I'm butchering yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the thing yeah. about the kid from so, Ohio State is that he's a true junior. So you've got a little more upside there in terms of mm-hmm. age. He's only mm-hmm. 21. 
And I think that's one of the things you've got to take into consideration with, with a handful of these guys is what their, their literal age is and their experience level. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Ohio state kid has a really nice burst off the line. Um, but it's like he, he bursts and can get into the backfield, then doesn't know what to do. So, um, yeah. or, or he can get, you know, he's a little undersized too. So he mm-hmm. can get locked I, out by double. I would say that's like that. very accurate. It's like, he gets in there and didn't expect to get there so quick. And I was like, what do I do? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Ben, you, you, you and I were talking before we started recording, uh, about the kid from BYU who, who was really one of the true only, uh, well, I should say only true nose tackles, uh, yeah. Chris uh, Tonga. Um, I, I mean, isn't that something along the lines of what the Steelers are looking for? He's a five six. I mean, maybe, maybe that's a guy they would take. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, he's only going to give you nose and maybe one and two tech or three inside. You know, he's not a guy that you're going to play on anything but first or second down. Yeah, you know. He uh, he's short and squatty and plugs a hole and is stronger than shit. Not real fast, not athletic, um, but man, stronger than hell and a great name. <laughs> Tonga, yeah, Chris yeah. Tonga. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been watching the uh, the Young Rock TV show, um, but I, I didn't realize that his uh, those were his uncles, the uh, the the Samoans, uh, the Wild Samoans from the nineteen eighties and nineties. No. Oh yeah, those were his uncles, and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that show. It's very funny. Um, yeah, so I don't know that we need to go on with defensive uh, line much more than that. I let's jump into the edge because. Um, look, you, you've got TJ Watt. I don't even need to say anything more about him on the other side. Uh, I think they're going to take an edge. I just don't know where exactly. I, I know. I agree with you. I, I, agree I, I you think too. they are too. And I think, I think they like Alex Highsmith. I think he showed last year. Pretty oh, well. Yeah. Once they're once not going to draft a starter. They just they no. need a player that they can, they can work in as a, as a third outside linebacker. And the the draft pick this year may not even be the guy who is the third right. outside linebacker, but he he's a guy they want to develop into that anyway. But but there there are a number of guys if you if you look you know like like middle of the first round you know into the middle of the second round you you can make an argument for maybe eight eight or so guys in there depending on where you put them you know. Um, I like Osai, but everybody seems to be turned on to him now, and he's going to go in the second round, and I don't see the Steelers taking him. Well, I, I'm seeing first, too. I, I mean, think he might go late first. There's rumors that, that he's moved up that much. Um, yeah. You know, Aziz Ojulari from Georgia, Quiddy yep, Pay from yeah. Michigan, Jalen Phillips from I don't like Pay. I don't like Pay. We talked about Pay a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Pay, pay might be the best best pass rusher and simultaneously the worst run defender he in doesn't the play class. the run he doesn't, he doesn't care at all it doesn't it's like at a all. wide receiver it's like a wide receiver who refuses to block he yeah. refuses to play the run i swear a running back could run past him and he go oh that's a running back i don't i don't do anything with them i i <laughs> Look, as someone who saw more of Quiddy Pay in Michigan than I I really wanted to um you're spot on He's a tremendous athlete, a tremendous pass rusher, but he doesn't play the run. And part of that, too, was the defense that Michigan ran, which was essentially, let's just bring the house and leave our cornerbacks on islands all the time. Um, But he didn't show up in a lot of games. There's a lot of film on him where it's like, okay, nice looking athlete. Where is he? And no, he's a guy that that may be may very well evolve into something. I don't think he's going to, but you know, sure maybe he is and and I Well, I, I mean, you know, he's not th- coming to These are the same anyway. knocks we had on on Carl Lawson coming out similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um and he turned into a, a pretty decent player and I think mm-hmm. honestly that's mm-hmm. that's part of what is is driving pay. I'd agree up, with that. Up yeah. the charts up the internet depth up the internet uh, draft boards if you will yeah. um you know and and granted nfl teams don't care what the internet thinks but no. you know the, the internet thinks that pay is a, is a first round guy um i think you know i i don't want him <laughs> no i i don't either i i 
you know. Um, yeah. So here's the one thing I'll say on, on edge rushers in general, and I'll, I'll get into some specifics on some guys later. But we have learned in the past you're much better off gambling on highly athletic mm-hmm. but minimally productive guys like a Bud Dupree was. Or really, I mean, the, the best example is um, Denel Hunter, who – the Vikings though he had what one or two sacks at LSU and then like exploded in the NFL because he was 20 or 21 years old when he came out and was still trying to figure out his body so you're you're much better off gambling on those highly athletic but minimally productive guys from college Mm -hmm. rather than your Jarvis Joneses of the world or your Charles Harris's of the world or your Taco Charlton's of the world that don't have a lot of athleticism but produced a lot in college mm-hmm. edge rusher is the one position where college production means next to nothing which is probably why penn state's jason Owe, who had no sacks last year is considered a borderline first round prospect because he just blew it up at penn state's pro day yeah they don't want him of, either I, I don't either <laughs> i mean he's a he's a red shirt sophomore though so i mean that's a you know yeah he's a red shirt sophomore but he's 22 yeah Oh, he is older, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he, like, went an extra year in high school or what the hell the deal is, but... Because, you know, some of these guys do. Uh, they they take an extra year, and they go to, like, a military academy. Um, Larry Fitzgerald did that. Uh, he did. So it's, yeah. not necessarily, it's not necessarily a, a mark against them, but, you know, he's not... He's a redshirt sophomore, but he's not that in terms of age. Um, and he was not productive, and his film is not impressive but he blew things away yeah testing the numbers yep i you know maybe i'll learn to maybe i i will live to regret this but i i don't want him <laughs> no i i'm not a big away fan either um i want to ask you guys where do you see uh the kid from tulsa zavin collins do you see him as a, a an inside guy or an outside guy that's a great question i mean he's he basically profiled a lot like Leighton Vander Esch did um, coming out of Boise mm-hmm. State um, from an athletic standpoint. Um, I think you could play him either either spot. I think you could play him inside okay. or outside. I think probably arguably his best spot is a strong side backer in a 4-3 defense. Yep. Yeah. Ben, feel the same way? I, I think he's best suited to play inside off the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, he could play either strong side or weak side in my opinion. Um, but yeah, off the ball linebacker in a four, three is probably his best position, but you know, you could put him in the, as a Mac or, or a buck really in the Steelers mm-hmm. defense and, and he'd work. It'd be fine. Um, I don't think he's a guy that is going to hit the ground running this year. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take him you know, eight or 12 games to, to find his feet. Yeah. And once he does, he'll, he'll be pretty productive and I think he'll have a decent career. He's just, he's too athletic not to, and hopefully he's smart enough to pick up defenses quickly. Yeah. Well, yeah, that would certainly be to his uh, asset or his benefit. Um, You know, Pitt's got two guys, uh, Rashad Weaver, Patrick Jones, the second, uh, both big, 6'5", 260, 270. You know, they're they're looking eh, – what, what, Ian, what are they looking at? Like third round probably? I'd say late late third if they're lucky, probably right. fourth. Um, I don't know. Pitt is the weirdest program in college football that they produce a <laughs> bunch of NFL caliber they do. athletes, they but do. they can't put anything together better than a seven <laughs> or eight win season on the field, regardless of who the head coach is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, they're just, I don't know. They can't, they can't figure it out when they're on. They're not a team that multiplies the talents of the people around them. Um, but then they send a bunch of guys to the pros who wind up being fairly successful. It's true. So, um, yeah, mid- middle rounds, those two, those two guys are worth a look. Um, the, the, guy i really like and the steelers don't have a fifth round pick this year because we right. traded it right um we have two fours we have two fourths though. two fours the, and two sevens yes the the guy i really like is Janarius robinson from florida state and he had a, a really good junior season mm-hmm. and then 
came back for his senior year and it looked like he put on a lot of bulk his senior year which might have slowed him down a little bit but it made him stronger too he his junior year he had a lot of speed rush and his senior year he had a lot more bull rush um he still had some of that burst off the mm-hmm. line but he didn't have and he had the ability to convert speed to power his senior year um whereas his junior year he was just running around the edge i, I seemed like he couldn't do that as much his senior year i mean this kid i wrote a draft profile on him he came to florida state at like 220 something Mm -hmm. and you know he's leaving at 263 so i mean he put on 40 pounds in 10 years and i mean he tested very well athletically too and he's got a, a good bull rush you can probably get him at the tail end of the fourth round i mean i think middle of the fifth's about where he should go but we don't have a pick there so if mm-hmm. you want him you got to take him in the fourth um but uh, i'd rather have i'd rather have Janarius robinson or ellerson smith from northern iowa uh you know one of those like highly athletic guys i'd rather take them at the tail end of the fourth than any of the guys that are talked about as first or second round picks, maybe with the exception of Osai from Texas um, Mm -hmm. and maybe Phillips from Miami too. I mean, he, he looks pretty good. Um, But, but yeah, all the, all the top guys in this class have some big question marks. They do. And I'd rather gamble a day three pick on a guy with athletic upside than spend an early round pick on a guy with big question marks but right but right now you feel confident they're gonna take an edge somewhere i think somewhere yeah they they yeah. need depth there yeah. um and i mean there's some there's some small school guys that are that are intriguing um you know cameron sample from tulane patrick mm-hmm. johnson from tulane um you know i mentioned the kid from northern iowa so there's yeah just gamble on athlete uh, teron jackson from coastal carolina yep but, gamble on athleticism don't don't take a guy who's you know not an athlete but was productive this isn't a great edge class you know the the top guys all have question marks none of the top guys were super productive but they're all pretty athletic um so i'd i'd rather gamble on one of those guys in the middle of the draft and and don't forget tomlin colbert and carl dunbar went to florida state's pro day so they were obviously doing some some looking around down there. Florida State has another guy, Josh Canado, who was a, is a redshirt junior, not very productive, tested pretty athletically, but I just don't see it on on film with him. I mm-hmm. when I watched their defensive line, I saw Robinson flash a lot, and Canado just didn't do much to impress me. Um, he he had some injuries he played through and and whatnot, but. I, I'd rather have Robinson than Canada, even though sure. most draft boards have Canada rated higher, which shocks me. Uh, ben, where, do, do you? I'll, I'll ask you the same question. Do you, do you think the Steelers are going to draft an edge somewhere in this draft? Yeah, yeah I'm almost certain. Yeah, you know, I'll be surprised if it's early. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way they would take an edge really early would be if the value was just too good to pass up. This is another right. thing I've I've been telling people on Twitter who argue, no, there's no way they're not taking one on the second day. They might. Um they they will take a lot of guys in the second round because the value is just too high to pass up. Juju Smith Schuster, nobody nobody thought they were going to take oh. a wide receiver that year. They had a first round grade on him. He was still available in the second round, and they took him. Nobody saw it coming. Nope. Uh, just if the value is there, they grab those guys. They're just like, hey, I, we just we just can't pass this up. They might take a safety there too, for all I know. I mean, I, I, you know, I think it was I think it was Uncle Ed Bouchette today that was talking about you know referencing Juju the fact that you know just because the Steelers have wide receivers, that doesn't mean that they won't take one. It, yeah. You know, um, and and so I I think that's a very very good point. Yeah, uh, I mean, basically, they yeah. you, you kind of don't know what they're going to do in the second round. It it really is the wild card. It's like they've got their well, own board, and mm-hmm. it's the guys they've got graded highest in the second round, regardless of position, they tend to grab, and it won't shock me. If round two or three, they go ahead and they take an edge. Um, well, 
you know, we'll week, see what uh, happens obviously very soon, but uh, yep, yep. I'm not going to be surprised. And no, know, I don't think anybody should be. Um, and if we'll, they we'll, don't take a running back in the first round, which, you know, I, I would agree with you. All signs point to that probably being the case, mm-hmm. but if, if they don't, I'll be shocked if they don't take one in the second. Yeah. Uh, I mean, same here. And, and it just depends on who's there, you know, right. obviously. I mean, you got to see how things unfold. Yeah. If if the guys they see left don't, yeah. they don't find value in that pick, they're not going to grab a running back there either. And people will be apoplectic. Yeah. And Twitter will melt down it. and it'll be oh, hilarious. Yeah. And we'll all be here for it. Hey, uh, just a reminder, you're uh, listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing of South Florida, serving Broward and Southern Palm Beach counties. Uh, Whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. I think we all agree inside linebacker is probably something uh, we could use. Um, no. and it, well, slightly, and, and there are some good ones early. I, I, I think, you know, Micah Parsons, Penn state, uh, I'm just going to call him J O K from Notre Dame because there you I go. can't pronounce his name. Um, I'm not going to try and, and, and offend the poor young man. Um, Jamin Davis is climbing boards from Kentucky. Nick Bolton has kind of dropped a little bit. Baron Browning, Ohio state. I, you know, <sighs> Ben, is is there a particular uh, inside backer that's caught your attention at all here? Uh, I like Zayvon Collins. I don't necessarily like him in the first round, mm-hmm. but I, I like his potential. I like JOK. I don't like him at 24. We've talked mm-hmm. about this before. I, mm-hmm. You draft that kid, you trade back, um, or you trade up in the second and grab him that way. Um, I like your Bill Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Derek Barnes, but he's really a day three guy. I like Derek uh, Barnes in the fourth round a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. Um, you know, that's really that's about the top of my list. Uh, Parsons, you know, if Parsons somehow fell to twenty four, oh man, I I wouldn't be upset if the Steelers took him and did not not address the offense. Yeah, I realized that again, Twitter would melt down. But that's a premium pick right there. Oh, I mean, yeah. my God. He's not going to be available at 20. I don't think so either. No. no. But, Micah, Micah Parsons is the one defensive player in this draft that I would be willing to trade up for. Really? I think he's the only defensive player in this draft I would trade up for. Yes. There are a lot of good corners in this draft. There are a, a lot, lot of good corners. There are a lot of good corners. But well, we'll get to the corners soon yeah. enough, gentlemen. But I don't know if I would trade up for any of the corners. I think Parsons – the 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 difference between Parsons and everyone else is big enough that I'd be willing to make a move up for him. Interesting. I mean, I, I let me say, put it this way. I don't think I would give up. I mean, I'm not giving up a quarterback's ransom for Parsons, right? I'm not giving up a future first round pick, mm-hmm. but I mean, if, if he gets to the, the mid to late teens, like Dane Brugler, the athletic put out a mock draft today and Parsons went, I think 18th to Miami. Wow. Like if he gets past 15, that's worth a phone call at that point. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. I right. don't think he's getting that far, but man, that would be intriguing, wouldn't it? It, um, it would be. And, yeah. and the only reason he possibly could fall that far is he didn't play last year. Um, no, that's his true. Testing, his numbers were, you know, he blew the roof off their pro mm-hmm. day. Um his change of direction speed wasn't that great, but it was really solid. It was sub seven mm-hmm. seconds. Um, yeah. Didn't so, uh, I, I'm just looking through my list here. Didn't Jerry Olsofsky, didn't he go to TCU to see the, the Wallow kid, Garrett Wallow? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I think I think he did too. And he he's pretty he's only about two thirty, but you know, so many of these guys are in that two twenty five, two thirty, two thirty five range nowadays. Um yeah, so it's, it's really not surprising. I, I think bringing Vince Williams back mitigates the need a little bit, but Vince Williams and Robert Spillane are very mm-hmm. similar players, right? In that, yeah. and you you don't you you want a, a rangier, more athletic guy um, to back up Devin Bush, and Marcus Allen is not it. So uh, no, 
No. So, I mean, that's, that's why. And I mean, we saw this year with, you know, with Tampa Bay having two linebackers that could run and cover, mm, yeah. um, you know, the, the difference that makes. So that's why I'm saying if you can get a guy like Parsons. Um, well, Parsons would be a starter yeah. almost immediately. Yes, I mean, yes. absolutely. Um, JOK would be a guy that you brought in right away on sub packages. Yeah. But I don't know that he would necessarily be a starter right away. Yeah. Um, you know, He's Collins a is a guy who you develop, right? I mean, yeah, I, I I'd say so. I'd say so. Yeah. I, I think Nick Bolton from Missouri is getting a little overrated. I'm seeing him going as like a, a day two in some spots. I'm like, he's a day three guy. I mean, he's he's got I, I, I think he could be a third but, round pick. I, you yeah. know, I, I don't love him. I agree with you. He's not he's not as athletic as I thought he was on tape. Mm hmm. Um, you know, where where Cox, for example, is more athletic than I thought he was on tape. Yeah, um, but he, I could see him in the third round. Uh, yeah, I, I guess the way I'm thinking of it is, I'd rather have Derek Barnes from Purdue than yeah, Nick I Bolton like Derek Barnes. <laughs> um, yeah. I in the I feel like the the he's a little first, short, but I like him. Our first fourth round pick is kind of the sweet spot. I feel like for inside linebackers, like Baron Browning from Ohio State, um, Barnes from Purdue, Monty Rice from Georgia. I I like all those guys kind of right. Cameron mm-hmm. McGrone from Michigan, even all those guys kind of right in that spot seem to fit really well. Um, and they've all got some athletic upside, some decent speed. Um, I I watched some Monty Rice from Georgia. He he does a really good job of finding his way through traffic. Like it, it seems mm, like something to be said for it, that. You know, he he's a shorter guy too. He's barely over six foot, but you know, he kind of you see him kind of going through the line. Then all of a sudden, he's there at the running back, and you're like, "How do you get through all those guys?" Like he just he he doesn't get caught in the wash. He he picks his mm-hmm. way through traffic really well, um, and I, I like that a lot about him. And I, I agree. Jabril Cox from LSU is really good. Um, yeah. Chaz Surratt from North Carolina. I just want to talk about him for a minute because, I mean, this kid's a warrior. I mean, redshirt <laughs> senior, but what a story. He came to North Carolina as a quarterback. <laughs> quarterback. Quarterback. <laughs> what? Started. Yeah. yeah, he started. He was. freshman quarterback for yeah. North Carolina. That. Yes. Yeah, and then he got, he got beat out. Um for quarterback he back he was a backup quarterback as a sophomore and then as a junior he switched to linebacker and just went out there and he had like 100 plus tackles two straight years yeah yeah and he's he's not i mean he's somewhat athletic he's not the most athletic guy in the world but i mean he's an absolute workhorse switching from quarterback to linebacker and Go back and watch his film. I did very, not know that. Very basically, yeah. too. That yeah. screams. Smart I was kid. just going to say that situation screams smarts. If he yes. switched positions and ran out and made a hundred tackles, yeah, that screams no, he, that he's smart. He is. You can see it when you watch him. And, and I, yeah. I just worry he, he's not that big. I just worry he'd get lost in the wash a lot. But um, when you when you can make that many well, tackles, you're obviously doing something right. You know? waited yeah. at two thirty. Yeah. No, I. I I mean, James Ferrier played at 225. Yeah, no, that's if he weighed in so at did, 230, that's great. So did Ryan Shazier. I guarantee you he wasn't 230 during the season when I saw him play. But, um, you know, yeah, be be there as it may. Uh, guys, we've already mentioned a lot about cornerbacks, um, so let's just jump in because there's there's literally six, seven, eight guys that, that are probably going to be taken off the board in, in, in the first eh, two rounds um, at minimum. Um Ben, is is there one guy that you know you kind of alluded to this a little earlier? Would would you trade up for any of these corners? Do you really love one? Certain? <laughs> I don't see it happening. No, I, mean, I don't he's, either. He's not gonna he's not gonna make it out of the top ten. Maybe but, might get the ten at Dallas, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's a I, I think Dallas is gonna trade out of that pick. Yeah, there's Dallas, a lot of talk. I think that, Dallas yeah. is looking for somebody to pay them a small fortune for a the last quarterback available on the board, yes. whoever that happens to be. I, I agree. Probably Justin Fields. If Fields and, is there, I would pay Dallas that small fortune. <laughs> they, I, you know, that wouldn't really bother me that much either, but I don't think the Steelers no. will do it. Um, you know, uh, Farley, no, I wouldn't trade up for. Um, J.C. But- Horn. Yeah. I'm do not you like, do you like Farley though, despite the back injury? Oh, I like Farley. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, basically, his medicals have all come back clean. It looks like he's going to be ready to go. It's not a mm-hmm. problem. Um, yeah. I like him. Yeah, uh, I do, too. That's me. I, I like Asante Samuel, but I wouldn't trade up for him. Mm-hmm. No, um, but I would take Samuel at 24. I, I think I might, too, I, but I might try and trade back and take him. Because I look at the the team needs right around the Steelers, you know, in just in front of and behind, and I don't see anybody who really needs a slot corner there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, I mean, if you can't you can't find the right deal and you're trying to trade out and it doesn't work out, and Samuel's your guy, yeah, you take him there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the one, Sertan, and Parsons are players that I really like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see either one of them being available at close to 24, but <laughs> right. You know, we could dream. Well, sure. That's the beauty of this. Um, you know, I, I mean, well, we go got back and Castro at 24. So you yeah. Never know. And ask green Bay fans uh, if they thought Aaron Rodgers would be sitting there. So you I, know. I, I get everything you guys are saying. Um, yeah, you know, DeCastro was a guard. Mm-hmm. Um, guards after typically tend to fall a little further than tackles and centers. Um, uh, I have no idea how Aaron Rodgers was overlooked until pick 24. That to me is just idiotic. Yeah. You know, Green Bay just had to take him basically because they were like, look at the value here. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And nobody's taking this guy? Really? Yeah, Yeah, we're going to go ahead. We're going to draft him and we're just going to hand him a clipboard, which absolutely pissed Rodgers off, but whatever. (laughs) Hey, you know, it's turned into a really nice gig on Jeopardy. Uh, Hasn't know, it? So, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a couple of corners with some really good size. I mean, obviously you talked about Sertain and Farley, but, you know, you got Campbell down at Georgia, who's about I 6'2". I love Tyson Campbell. Melifonawu uh, at Syracuse at 6'3". Campbell's um, not going to be available past 55, though. If they want him, oh, they Oh, no, the I don't Absolutely. Oh, I've I think I've said this the last few weeks on the show. Campbell's my sleeper for our first round pick. Like I would not be shocked if we took him in the first. Really? I would be sh- I'd be pretty fucking surprised. But <laughs> you know, yeah. honestly, the meltdown on Twitter would be epic. <laughs> it's so almost worth it. It would it would almost be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he's a big athletic dude, and, and you hear uh, that? I mean, you're, imagine the Steelers oh, yeah. don't even want to win. Oh <laughs> God! Oh. <laughs> well, okay, and, and here's here's why I'm saying that: uh, Colbert, Tomlin, yeah. and defensive backs coach Gary Brown were all they at Georgia's were all pro day. in Georgia. Yep. So you've got, and Georgia's got a lot of defensive backs. I mean, they've they got do. Tyson Campbell, they do. They've got Eric Stokes, oh. who ran like a four two forty, which yeah. is insane. Yeah. Uh, but but Campbell's much more. Campbell's a much better run defender. Campbell's a really good run defender, actually. Campbell uh, is than, a than is Stokes a Steelers is. kind of a DB. He yes, really he is. is. Although yes. I don't see him playing on the field. I I see him as an outside guy. Oh yeah, he's an outside guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and Campbell Campbell's a tape is much better than Stokes's tape as well. Stokes has the speed, but he doesn't have the technique. Campbell's got a lot more of the technique than, right. than Stokes right. does. Um, and then Georgia's got some late round guys, uh, you know, that, that DJ Daniel could be like a slot corner. Um, then a couple safeties that, you know, could be interesting in the, uh, as day three guys. Um, the one guy who intrigues me from Georgia is Mark Webb. Um, he was a, a safety essentially for them, but he's, was kind of a jack of all trades that they played him down in the box. They played him deep, which deep was not as good spot, but they mm-hmm. played him at slot corner too. And he's a really physical guy. Um, and they brought him on some blitzes and looked really well. So, I mean, if you want to nab a guy in like a sixth or seventh round, that could be a replacement for Mike Hilton in that slot blitzer role. Like yeah. Mark Webb from Georgia could definitely fit that bill, but I would not be surprised at all. If uh, Tyson Campbell was our first round pick, we, okay. we need, we really, really have a huge need. I know that yeah. Sutton can play inside. He can play the field. If you need him to be the slot corner, he can. But he's just not that good a tackler. Totally agree. I I would feel much better if they had an, an, a better field corner to go in there and play the nickel who can actually tackle. 
and it makes me nervous having Cameron Sutton line up on the inside. Well, that's, that's just my could, take. Could take Asante I, Samuel in the first round. Oh yeah, if you if put you him did in that the slot this year and move yeah. him outside next year in Joe Hayden's spot. Well, uh, maybe I, I don't know that he'll ever be an outside guy. Um, he's he's a little bit light in the seat. I don't know that he's ever going to be that guy. I mean, you see his him standing next to Mike Tomlin. Well, on the outside, he, his dad did okay. He was an outstanding off cover corner. He really was outstanding. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that point. But you know, by not the way, all that athletic, uh, not excuse me, all that physical uh uh, uh corner either. I feel old as shit that we're talking about like the kids of guys that I know. Yeah. Played. Sante Samuel. Sertan, yeah. Samuel. Yeah. 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 Well, you know. Yeah, it happens it to happens. the best of us, Ian. Trust me, it does. Uh, oh, you should know, yeah. Mark. You're 100 years old. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's amazing how I've gone from like. Um, I thought he was um, only 67. 67 to 74. Now I'm nearly 100. Yeah. I am doing pretty damn well for that yeah. age, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, one other guy I wanted to mention at corner yeah. was Ambry Thomas from Michigan. He tested really well athletically. He didn't play last year, but he, he tested right. really well athletically. So there's some, some upside there in the mid rounds too and then some some small school guys like he robert rochelle from yeah from central arkansas um there was a kid from nc central brian mills as well darren hall from san diego state so there's some guys later in this draft too that that are intriguing as well i'll say but the the top guys are really darn good yeah no i i agree um as far as safety guys i think we all admit that um we could use some serious depth at the safety position um and and there are a few guys there's really only potentially one first rounder that that i've really seen um the moreg kid out of tcu everything else is is you're looking at second third round and beyond but they're Um, they're taking the safety on day three if they take one I mean, I would agree. I think there's I'm, too I'm many almost other needs. certain, and then yep. they'll do it on day two. But yeah, um, yeah, day the second round really that's the wild card. That's where you just kind of go, okay, what's the good value here? That's what mm-hmm. they're going to mm-hmm. do. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if they go running back first round, then it becomes a complete toss up. If they go something else first round, then I have to think running back is the hit pick in the second. But probably, no... but who the yeah, hell knows? You, nobody knows. Yeah. Um, Ian, you probably saw the stuff about the kid from Pitt, you know, Paris Ford. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I mean, he's, <laughs> it he's really had a, is. He's had a tough go of it, and really, all of Pitt's pro day testing numbers were down, like mm-hmm. in comparison to other Everybody schools. Else's. So I don't know if so, like the guys running the clocks at Pitt did a really shitty job or what, but it was just <laughs> Pitt's Pitt's pro day numbers were all bad. And Paris Ford, uh, he's I mean, he's a local kid. You know, I've, I've kind is. of followed him since high school. He switched schools. He played three different high schools, won a state title his last year. But just, yeah. I mean, he's an incredible athlete um, and as a hammer at safety. I mean, he's definitely not afraid to stick his nose in there and, and light people up. But he, yes, I know, Maggie. Oh, I it's know. Maggie's appearance. Yeah, she she makes her, her weekly appearance. <laughs> you know wakes up yes um but yeah it's unfortunate how he tested because it probably means he won't get drafted um the one thing i'll note is we mentioned uh jerry olsaski going to tcu's pro day terrell austin was also there tcu's got two draftable safeties um in, in addition to um Morig, uh, the other guy, um, Adarius Washington, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, probably a mid-round guy. The the guy who intrigues me is Devon Diablo from Virginia Tech. Um, yes. Yeah. And I'm going to go take Maggie up to bed. So I'll yes. let Ben talk Good. about safety. Good night, man. Maggie. Good night. Ben, I'm looking at, you know, uh, Ian just mentioned Ardarius Washington. Kid's only five foot eight. He's like 178 pounds. Is he, yeah. is he, a, is he a potential nickel? I mean, is that what, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, that's small for that. No, he's, he's too slow to play nickel. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't put him there anyway. He just doesn't have the traits you want Mm -hmm. in that spot. Honestly, I, I wouldn't, I see him being rated in the fourth round. That's based upon college production. I don't see it. I think I see him more as like a sixth round guy. Okay. 
because of athletic limitation and size on top of that. Big time um, size if if yeah. he were faster at that size, you know, being a short guy with short mm-hmm. arms, mm-hmm. Um, then I could see going ahead and, and grabbing him earlier, but he's, he's not. Um, I think he's going to have a pretty short career. No pun intended. I just, I basically, yeah. I look at the guy and I'm just like, okay, you got size limitations. You got athletic limitations. Are you draftable at all? I mean, you mentioned Paris Ford before. Mm-hmm. The kid took the year off. <clears throat> he had a whole year to prepare for the combine for the biggest job mm-hmm. interview of his life. Yep. And he bombed it. He's yeah. not going to get drafted. No, he'll be an undrafted now, free agent. He'll get signed. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll take a shot because out. the yeah. year before he looked like he was going to be a star. And so they've got they've got tape on him. They've got film. You know, they've got a file on him. They somebody's going to sign him for sure. But I don't think he's going to get drafted. I at this point, they're just going to go. Yeah, we're going to sign this kid mm-hmm. and see what he can do. And if he can compete, great. And if not, well, nothing ventured. So nothing lost. Um, I don't see any safety getting taken in the first round this year, which I don't either is weird. The, uh, like I said, the, the more I came is rated the highest of all the safeties, but I, I just, yeah. I think they're lost in the cards. I just don't see it. Well, he's, he's a young guy. He's got some upside and that's mm-hmm. part of the reason that I think that he's rated as highly as he is. Um, but I, I would be surprised, Especially given the fact that free safety has become so important in the NFL because yeah. the passing game dominates the game now, that it surprises me that we aren't seeing a better safety class. But just, it just isn't a good class. It, it, it kind of mm-hmm. is what it is. Um, and the passing game again, and you know, with all the spread offenses in the college game right now, you would think it would be breeding some better safeties, but. It's just not the case this year. It, it is kind of what it is. Um, I like Diablo. As yeah, I do too. Ian mentioned. I'll bit. echo that point. Um, kind of not kind of. He's a big safety. He is mm-hmm. big. That kid could play linebacker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, the the kid from Florida State too. Uh, uh, how do you say his name? Nasrilladeen. Nasrilladeen. Yeah. Yeah. Six four two twenty safety. Yeah. Um yeah, that's, that's the way big... he was listed. He he weighed in at six three and an eighth and uh six okay. three and a quarter, two fifteen. So he's okay. not he's not what he was listed at. Not, not yeah. yeah. Um he's you know, he's he's a tall, thin guy, um, not afraid to stick his nose in there, mm-hmm. but can also play free. He's got some versatility. Um and it won't shock me if they took a guy like that, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the third or fourth round. Right. Um, it's all going to depend upon value, but I, you know, I was really kind of hoping that they would sign the kid out of West Virginia the other day and it just didn't happen. No, no. He, uh, he ended up, where, where do you end up going? Back to uh, Oakland. Back to Oakland. Back to Oakland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Ian, I, yeah, yeah. As we, uh, wind things down here, Ian, what, if you had to pick two or three positions defensively that you you would be willing to lay significant money that the Steelers will draft in two weeks, what what two or three positions would they be? Cornerback and edge rusher. Corner and edge. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think especially with re-signing Vince Williams, you at least have three inside linebackers you know you can put on the field this year. Um, and yeah. Tunch and Wolf often talk about you know, having a sort of three, the, the number three is very important on defense to have, you know, three defensive linemen that you can rotate um, when you go to that, the, the nickel package, right? You mm-hmm. need three starting cornerbacks, essentially. And in this day and age, when your nickel corner is playing 75 to 80% of your snap, yep. you need three starting cornerbacks. You need, you need more than that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah you're really you yeah. need a fourth, really. Yes. You need what, what having a guy like Cameron Sutton last year was a wonderful luxury to have where he could he could come in in a spot and he could play any of the positions in the field especially at corner i'm sorry to cut you off go on yes so to that point though we we Tyson Alu came back so we have our mm-hmm. three defensive linemen Alu can play both the nose and rotate in nickel packages um you need a third outside linebacker that can rotate those spots just to give those guys breathers you know every now and then um just to you know take 
five, 10 snaps off a game. Um, you need a, we have a third inside linebacker now. Having a fourth wouldn't be a bad idea, especially as, mm-hmm. if it's an athletic guy. But I think with Vince coming back, that mitigates the need there a little bit. So I think there's a bigger need at outside linebacker than inside linebacker. Um, okay. Cornerback, like Ben just so eloquently put it, he's absolutely right. You need you need at least four, maybe five corners that oh, you can I, put on the field during no a question, season. No. And Justin Lane hasn't shown it to me yet. James Pierre maybe has some upside, but I wouldn't yeah. trust him enough to not draft a corner. I yeah, mean, but he I, looks I promising, would, which is great. Yeah. yeah, arrows up on him. I think. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would trust James Pierre enough to be my fifth corner, maybe my sixth corner. Um, but I wouldn't. I don't know if I would trust him enough to be my third corner. And I don't think we have a guy right now who can play the slot either. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, that I, definitely we agree is. on that point. Aside yeah, from Sutton, Sutton can play the slot, but yeah. not ideally. Right, right, right. And if I you if you move Sutton to the slot, then who are you bringing in outside? Lane or Pierre? And then <laughs> I don't know. It just it goes down really fast. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree with you. So yeah, I, yeah. I yes. tend to think the greatest needs are are and, and safety. Edge. Just to finish my point. Okay. Yeah, safety. Safety. You have two. You have one All Pro starter. One kind of. I'll say maybe league average or slightly below league average starter mm-hmm. in Terrell Edmonds, and then um, nothing behind them either. So you need some safety depth too. So I would say edge and corner, my top two safety would be third inside linebacker would be fourth and defensive lines, the lowest need. Go ahead. Ben. Ben, yeah. Ben, go ahead. Uh, if you had to lay money on uh, two or three defensive positions being drafted two weeks, what would they be? Greatest needs are at edge and corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, given what we just saw in the Super Bowl, where we watched the defense shut down the most dynamic offense mm-hmm. in the NFL, mm-hmm. and the way they did it was with two outstanding athletes at inside linebacker. Yep. I It will not shock me at all if the Steelers use a premium pick on an inside linebacker. And I, I mean, it could I be agree. a first rounder. It could be a first round pick. It it will not surprise me if in the first round they go at inside linebacker. So uh, I, I'm I just saying, you know, yes, I agree with what Ian said. Um, yeah. They absolutely, they need a field corner as we talked about before to come mm-hmm. in and play the, play the slot. Um, somebody ideally who can, cover on the field but also is a good tackler like a willie gay uh like a mike hilton mm-hmm. uh, mike hilton was not a very good downfield cor- cover corner but mm-hmm. you know in the short area he was good yeah. um uh getting a guy like asante samuel would be ideal uh would not shock me if if he was taken mm-hmm. in the first round first maybe second round it'd be fantastic um, I don't know that he'll be there at 55, but I'm pretty sure he'll be there at, say, 32. Right, right. <laughs> I know yeah, he'll be there at 24. I, I, I'm with you guys. You know, I, if they I, traded I, back and, and got him late in the first round, it wouldn't hurt my feelings any. Um, edge, yeah, I see them taking an edge mm-hmm. somewhere fairly early. But, it kind of, you know, it's like everything else. We We say all this. It depends on how the draft falls. You can't Absolutely. just you can't just say we are going to take an outside linebacker in the third round for sure. It's going to happen because we have a mm-hmm. need. No, because it's not like ordering a pizza. You can't just get whatever you want. You can't just order up a player and say, "Yeah, this guy is going to fall in the third round, and we're going to mm-hmm. take him here." It doesn't work like that. Unless you have it to was see pineapple. What if you ordered pineapple on the pizza? Right? No. Oh. Why the hell would you do that anyway? <laughs> why would, just because I like you, to get you off on rants. <laughs> why would you ruin a fucking pizza with pineapple anyway? But the point the point is, again, you have to see the way the draft falls. And if the, if the guys you like aren't there, you know, yeah. the, the value isn't there when it's your turn to pick. You take a different position. You don't just say, yes, we're going to take an edge. And, you know, Kevin Colbert says it every single year. You can't draft all the positions you want to draft. You can't Mm -hmm. cover all the bases you want to cover. So you go in, you have a game plan, 
you realize it's a fluid situation, and you do your best to cover all your bases as best you can. And sometimes things just fall where it's like, this guy is just too good to pass up. We don't really have a need here, but the value is just too high. We're taking mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. because the impact is going to be this. Well, you know, n- next week we will unveil our uh, mock drafts and, and um, you know, just give everybody an idea kind of what we're thinking. And I think we've already done that to a certain extent where we think they're going to go offensively and defensively, but we'll give you our opinions on uh, the the players specifically that we think the Steelers may be looking to draft in two weeks. But all I know is it can't get here soon enough. But uh, we're going to wrap things up here on the show tonight. And, uh, you know, I always forget, but if you would, stop you know, by, whether whether it's we iTunes. didn't cover or, punters. Oh, for I mean, God's and line long snappers. I, don't even mention long snappers to me. I'll have Colin Holman nightmares for the rest of my life. You know, Dan Brugler in his mock draft on the Athletic House I saw it. in the sixth round. The kid from kid, Kentucky kid who from Kentucky. Uh, Danny Smith. I wouldn't hurt my program. feelings to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, I I'll be okay with that if I feel like we've addressed the other positions well. But I'll be okay with it if the value at the positions we still need is shitty. And so they go, Well, <laughs> I mean, punter is important, and the guy it, it we is. have, the guy we have, sucks. It is, yeah. So. I, I, this is true, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, there's our special teams discussion. Uh, anyway, next week we'll be back with our uh, mock drafts, and uh, yeah, I'm not <laughs> long uh, anyway, for Ben and Ian, this is uh, Steel Dad signing off on the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing of South Florida. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. <laughs>